Hello everyone, LeBron is the GOAT. Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. I'm Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. So much better. My name is Colby. You can find me at Colby Complains, all one word. You're welcome. <laughs> Hello, uh, this is We Can't Do an Intro in One Take. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter. It was at- fine until you said we have to start over. <laughs> you can find me at D underscore River underscore O, and you know for a fact that I was a weak intro. <laughs> Don't play. No Hello again, everybody. It's me, Maverick. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak Two Underscores Kid. Very nice. Alrighty. Well, I guess we are witnesses. I don't know what we witnessed last night, but we witnessed something. Y'all doubted me last week. Basketball is what it was. I said Cavs are not losing at home, and so we're going to win the series. And lo and behold, look what happened. We didn't lose at home, and we won the series. I mean, (laughs) like, yes. God, that was such a bad game. It was such such a good game. Great basketball. Defensive battle. It's, don't, don't keep saying defensive battle for a bad game. <laughs> Great game. 10 out of 10. Virginia versus Wisconsin is a defensive battle. That was, like I say earlier, it looked like they were building a house for Habitat for Humanity with all those bricks. With all those bricks. Yes. I think that I need to give credit where credit is due to Marcus Morris. He was indeed the LeBron stopper. In the Indiana series, he averaged 34.4 points per game. In the Toronto series, he averaged 34.0 points per game. And this series, he held him to a mere 33.6 points per game. So shout out to Marcus Morris. You did stop LeBron. <laughs> Briefly. For like, what, a point? <laughs> a point, point four, <laughs> point four points. He, point four but, average. He didn't lie. Hey, look, that's about three points total. <laughs> wow. Actually, less than that because the series went seven games. <laughs> Going back to all those bricks, they looked like us out there. Like, they kept missing threes, but they're like, okay, well, surely the next one will go in. So they just kept shooting all these threes. Well, you all, I mean, y'all watched those last two minutes by, by the Celtics. It was just uh, discombobulated, to say the least. I mean, is yeah. That, is this where the good old E word comes in? Or is it just. Yes. Like- that was definitely experience because. A rookie team, if they had gotten, if you reverse the roles and the Celtics are down 12 in the first quarter, the game is over, I think. But LeBron did the complete opposite of panic and just clawed back little by little. And what did we end up winning by 10-ish? I think it was 8. 8 because... 87 to 79. It was a fake 8. It was really 10. Yeah. Or 11, whatever. So actually, I was like, uh, so when LeBron got dunked on, I was like, oh, like, that's unfortunate, whatever. And then uh, LeBron turns it over the very next possession. I was like, is he shook? And then, like, two seconds later, he backs Tatum down and uh, draws a foul. And he's like, no, he's not shook. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) That was, I wish I had the confidence of these Celtics uh, rookies to try to dunk on LeBron James. Like, there's no point in my life where I will ever have that much confidence. Like, I, really wish that, I really wish that in the post-game huddle, or the, po- the post-game 
when LeBron, like, embraced Tatum, I really hope that he said, like, don't you ever disrespect me like that ever again. Because that would be really funny. <laughs> even, like, even Rozier tried to get in on that action. But it uh, got blocked. <laughs> yeah, that was in, a... Everyone who, said, everyone who said that's a foul hates basketball. I know, yeah. <laughs> like, you, if you think that's a foul, you are the biggest dork I have ever met. <laughs> Bold take incoming, Cavs sweeping whoever we play in the finals. Book it. Okay, so wait, wait, That's so wait, wait. going to happen. We, no, no, no. If he's going to do this, we need to, put the, we need to put a bet on this. Book it. If you Book it. What are you betting? Seven game series, first round, sweep second round, seven game that series, third nothing. round, sweep fourth round incoming. That means nothing. Bet. It means nothing. Bet. Just because it goes 7-4-7 seven, seven, does not mean the next is going to be four again. I mean... There's no, no evidence against it happening. It's a pattern. Oh my god. You're actually the you're the sports equivalent of Alex Jones. <laughs> if I'm right, I'm right. Oh my god. You just throw something until it sticks. <laughs> that's what you that's what you do. I mean, I made five dollars on a bet last night, but I am not requesting the payment. Okay, so then what's your bet? Well, my bet was no, no, what's your bet? No, no, no. What's your bet that, that uh, the Cavs are going to sweep whoever they play? I'll do a gentleman's bet. We can do a slap bet. A what? We can do a slap bet. What's that? Slap. Sorry, bet. I'm not. Con- I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, well versed in the manner of betting like you are. That's from how I met your mother. That's not a betting term, but a oh, slap bet is. Where the lose the winner gets to slap the loser. Oh, dude, that's an easy slap. Come on now, don't do, don't give that to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing this to yourself. (laughs) Okay, bet. Cool. All right, let's book it. It's on. It's on recording. Okay. So anything other than a a sweep, sweep. anything other than (laughs) do you realize how good the odds are for me? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> are you just I mean, into you getting slapped? Bad, do you realize how bad the Cavs odds were when they went down 0-2 in the series or down 3-2? That, the Celtics have never lost mean, a series after they were up 2 nothing in the history of the Celtics. That doesn't mean they're going to sweep. That doesn't mean they're going to sweep the next team they play. That those aren't correlated. <laughs> that's just, that, that's just not a smart bet. I, I at least you <laughs> might anyone you might be a better. I thought you were at least man. a smart better. No. <laughs> Well, there's no money on the like, line, so it doesn't matter if it's a smart bet or a dumb bet. Down I mean, y'all kind of were, and I said, we're not losing at home. We're going to win the series. Excuse me. I was never panicking that the Cavs were down 0-2. I have the tweets to prove it, sir. <laughs> I went through the receipts last night, if you didn't see. <laughs> I, said, I'll pull it up now. I said, and I quote, the Cavs will not lose at home, and so we're going to win the series. And you guys said, and I quote, the Cavs don't have home court advantage. That doesn't mean anything. I don't remember saying on, that. Yeah. On May 13th at 6.24 p.m., <laughs> I tweeted, y'all are going to trick yourselves into thinking the Cavs are going to lose this series. It's going to be your own fault. You're on old take exposed. <laughs> I never lost a faith. But still, I have no I still don't understand how you jump that logic jumped from oh we just beat the Celtics in 7. So that means we're going to sweep the next team that we play. 
regardless Jeff, of who it is. Jeff Green's going to stay hot. JR's going to stay hot. Corver's yeah. going to get hot. And Malone's going to be back. You can't say that with a straight face. I could not believe you're saying this with a straight face. Now, I do you said wanna Jeff Green. are tricky, man. I do want to say that Jeff Green must have listened to the Never Made Varsity podcast because he definitely did show up for Game 7. I will give him all that credit in the world. Yeah, good for him. That does not mean he's going to show up for <laughs> this next series. Shall see. I, I yeah, doesn't 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 mean that he won't show up though. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Can we talk about how sweet. scary Terry is? The worst nickname ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is not scary at all. He tanked any trade value he had last night. I wouldn't say oh, that. That's no, that's not true. See, what is this? What is with you and these sweeping generalizations off of like? <laughs> what he did not show up to the biggest game of his career. He's like he's younger than me. Yeah, yeah. So that it's still the biggest game of his career, and he laid a complete egg. So everyone that's not LeBron is uh, is not worthy of a. Uh, it has no trade value, is what you're saying. No, Jeff Green clutch. now has trade value. Jeff Green. Jeff Green does not have trade value. Jeff Stop Green it. for Kawhi Leonard, straight up. So wait, just be so so lose that deal. Stop it. So because. So because Terry Rozier had a bad game and Jeff Green had a good game, one of them has trade value and one of them does not now. I mean, all that I'm saying is that people, put, including GMs, put a lot of values in Game 7s. Oh my god. Eric, you are on one today, man. I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> what can I say? The Cavs won the East. And y'all oh were downing them. This is the first time in NBA history where a team has reached the finals after a player threw soup at one of his coaches. You're making what? it really hard to root for the Cavs, Aaron. You're making it really, really hard to root for the Cavs. Root against them. I like being the underdog. Oh, my goodness. I like being the non-people's favorite. Colby, I can't wait till they get swept by the Warriors. The bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a double bet for that. I'll bet you that we won't play the Warriors, and I'll bet you that if we do play the Warriors, we don't get nah, slapped. You're no, not, you're not getting out of this one. Triple slap bet. No, you're not getting out of this one. Uh, okay, your loss. You gotta get a weasel My loss, out of it. I guess, because I'm losing out on a winning bet. That is a horrible part of it. Yeah. Awful. Don't be stupid. Oh, hey, I so, just got an alert that LeBron is a much better player than Michael Jordan, according to Isaiah Thomas, the Hall of Famer, not the crappy one. You act like Isaiah Thomas actually likes Michael Jordan. Of course he's going to say that LeBron is better. <laughs> so, that series is over. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be hosting... Nope, they aren't hosting. They will either be in Oakland or in Houston on May 31st, on Thursday. We can all agree that they would rather be in Houston, though, right? Yes, of course. It doesn't matter. We're sweeping. Oh, my God. I mean, it's going to be tough whoever they play. I, you see, if, I don't think so, because Houston, if uh, Chris Paul's hamstring injury is as serious as it seems, they're, out, they're, down, uh, they're down Chris Paul. Uh, you're asking P.J. Tucker and Trevor Ariza to guard LeBron James. Uh, which I don't think will be. I mean, I know that Trevor Ruiz is a good perimeter, defend, perimeter defender, but I don't think he's good enough to stop LeBron James. He's not Kawhi Leonard. And uh, let's see who else is on that team. Sorry, I'm trying to. Oh, uh, Clint Capella. Uh, I mean, he is pretty 
good defensively in the paint, but not anything to speak of offensively, really, in my opinion. Like, not anything crazy. Not anything to... He's, he's not like decent a, in the pick and roll, but right. he's not going to... He's not going to, like, create for himself. Like, he'll clean up the boards and, and everything, but uh, he's not going to be a game changer in any sense of the word. And so it all really comes down on Harden. And if uh, anything uh, recent... Is a uh, or if if anything that we've seen recently from Harden is uh what he's gonna show up with in the finals, then uh I'm I'm taking the Cavs on that one. I mean, if you want to look at rebounding, last night the Cavs were down rebounding for most of the game. I think until that fourth quarter push, they ended the game uh, tied in rebounds, but the Celtics got 11 offensive rebounds that game compared to their two. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, how much of that is long rebounds off of threes and not a? Because I feel like there, I saw a lot of those like threes that just bricked, and so they got yeah. long rebounds, and so the perimeter guys got long rebounds. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm just saying that I I would take I like I like the Cavs' chances better against Houston than against Golden State, which I feel like is not a super hot take. But Cavs aren't losing at home, so we're gonna win the finals. I don't I don't like their chances against either of them. Cavs and four. Okay, this is getting absurd. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if he's doing it on purpose or if he genuinely believes this. Or if he's uh, doing a skip give, Bayless. Give me give me the Cavs and four. I can't wait till they lose game one, and it's gonna be the bet's gonna be over. <laughs> Cavs and five, then. No, you can't but change you the bet. <laughs> no, you just I'm said not, Cavs. I'm not, and... I'm not, no, I'm not changing the bet. I'm saying if we lose a game, then we just push back winning by one. No, 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 no. You said Cavs and four, book it. Yeah. I, you but said Cavs and four, then it'll be Cavs and five, book it. That's not how booking it works. <laughs> you can't say book it unless we lose one, and then it's five. Obviously, That's not how it, it works. But you know. I'm still waiting to see who shows up. I might have to change your reservation. So. Yeah, usually we're going to have to wait. <laughs> uh, then book it. To, to answer these questions. Uh, Cavs, book it. When you look up backpedaling, you look up backpedaling in the dictionary and a picture of Aaron Friedman comes up. Looking like I am forward pedaling. <laughs> you mean pedaling? Yeah, forward pedaling. <laughs> I'm forward pedaling. You mean, you mean just pedaling. <laughs> Well, pedaling doesn't doesn't specify a direction. I wanted to make sure that the viewers didn't have any confusion. Kobe. <laughs> there's pedaling and then there's backpedaling. <laughs> what is this podcast? What are we doing? What are we doing right now? <laughs> I thought we were talking about the Warriors and Rockets, but apparently not. <laughs> were we? <laughs> I was trying to segue into it, but then this happened. <laughs> Warriors Rockets. Warriors Rockets. I have zero faith in James Harden <laughs> right now. Has there ever been a less safe 17-point lead? Nope. What was the swing? Like 47 like forty-seven point swing? Yeah. So they ended up winning by, what, nearly 30? About 30. Like, even with 17, I was like, the Warriors are coming back from this. I, I, I didn't even cross my mind that the, the Rockets were going to hold that lead. They always do. I think. Like I think. I think Game Six was their best chance, and they just kind of let it go. 
Let it go. Copyright. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> it's without CP3, it's going to be all on James Harden, and I'm not sure if. I mean, at this point, it's James Harden against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and KD. Yeah, I mean, not like to mention Draymond Green. Like this is why for months I've been saying the Warriors are going to make the finals even if they weren't the one seed, even if they got down a couple games in the playoff series. Like, at one point, you're going to have to beat that group of players four times in seven games, and I don't think anyone in the league can do that. I'm surprised they lost three times already. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much home court is going to help the Rockets in this instance. Because, like, what can you do against... I mean, like, what what home court advantage is is good enough to matter against a team with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, uh, and Kevin Durant? Oh, but hey, I just got a... <laughs> we're doing live updates here on uh, the Never Made Varsity Podcast. Uh, Iggy is still out for Game 7. He is? Hmm. He is out for Game 7. Which, I mean, obviously he was out last game as well. But I feel like everyone's kind of sleeping on how important Andre Iguodala is, uh, like how important he is to, to that Warriors death lineup. Because Clay can't dribble. <laughs> he, he sure can't No, shoot. Clay doesn't dribble. <laughs> There's yeah. a difference. Very important, very important difference. He scored what, like? Like Andre Roberson can't shoot. Ben Simmons doesn't shoot. <laughs> but like... What it what Clay scored like what like thirty five points and dribbled the ball four times total, so so. <laughs> but you know Andre Iguodala is an extra ball handler. And he's also versatile on defense. He's yeah. a very important part of their defensive identity in that lineup. And has has given himself a solid three point jumper. I'd say streaky, but yeah, when he's on. Good enough. Yeah. Not Good enough Smith to contribute. Streaky. No, Jared Smith is the definition of streaky. And he's, is he streaky? I he, feel like he's more Jared just like Smith an is, inverse. He's due to be to have an up streak. He was down streak for a series, so he's going to be up streak for the finals. What is up with I you? I don't think it's as much streaky as it is the harder and the more impossible the shot, the more likely it is to go in. Sort of hey, inverted, me... like the against the regular logic of basketball shots. Yeah, I can see that. Do you want to talk about the CP3? Yeah, I mean that's kind of unfortunate that he's because he can't catch a break, man. Like I feel bad at this point. <laughs> like he, like he just can't catch a break. Like he was playing so well, he put the team on his back game five, and then hurts his hamstring. Yeah, and le- like you were saying before we hit record, it looked like one of those those injuries where like, yep, I know exactly what just happened there. Yep, it wasn't like he, it wasn't like, oh my god, this is so much pain. It was, oh wow, like I felt this before and I know what this is. So that's, I don't, I don't know which one's worse, but I have a feeling that it's the, the latter. Uh, so They were discussing today on first take, does... James Harden get a pass then, which I would 
for if Chris Paul does not play tonight. Does he get a pass? Like for losing? No. Would LeBron have gotten a pass? That's what I was probably saying. not. I'm saying it. But yeah. here, here's the thing about that: a bunch of players have gotten passes when LeBron didn't. Like, um, KD got a pass until he won. Really, Steph probably would have gotten a pass until he won. Uh, James Harden will probably get a pass if he hasn't won. CP3, really, up to this point, like, yeah, he can't get past the second round, but no one's really dogging him that he hasn't won a championship. I mean, I don't know, because, like, James Harden is, I mean, I mean, I guess it's a little different for me, because James Harden is supposed to be MVP this season, arguably. I know Aaron will argue that point, but if all goes as I feel like it will go, he will win the MVP award. And he's, you know, when you've got an MVP caliber player on your team and he's playing the way he is, I feel like he deserves a little bit of that, uh, that reputation that he kind of doesn't really show up in the playoffs or in big moments. Cause he's started to, he's earned that reputation over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, also, Russ has really gotten that pass. Yeah, Russ, oh, Russ yeah. has totally gotten that pass. Without a doubt. So, I mean, you know, I try to think of it from that perspective. Like, if this was Game 7 against Golden State and LeBron was playing with the team that the Rockets have, like, if, if like, replace LeBron with – or replace, replace James Harden with LeBron – would LeBron get a pass for losing with home court game seven against this Warriors team? I don't think so. No. The LeBron haters still won't give him a pass for 2015 when he took the Warriors to six games without Kyrie and without Kevin Love. Well, I don't even think they gave him a pass for, uh, what was it, 07 when he was with the Cavs still? Yeah. He took, that bum, he took that bum squad to the finals. He took Larry Hughes, Danielle Marshall, Z and Anderson Verajao, and Booby Gibson to the finals to get slaughtered by one of the Spurs. best Spurs teams ever. Yeah. I would I I would say no. I mean while we're on this topic, I mean like, okay, so you got maybe one final series that that you could give against LeBron in which uh the Mavs series. Yeah. That one you can hold against him. But how do you hold two thousand seven against him? 2014, the Spurs maybe just the, played amazing. Like, there's not really anything the you can do about Spurs it. Maybe the second Spurs series? That's the one that I'm saying. I, don't, I mean, they just played amazing. And LeBron played well in that series, too. I don't know what... Uh, like, I don't know what you want him to do in a situation like that. 2015, you can definitely not hold against him. And 2017, you just got outmatched. Like, he played amazing all five games of that series. Yeah, it took them breaking <laughs> NBA Finals records to win one game. Yeah. So, you know, from, from that perspective, uh, I look at it and I say that I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't give James Harden a pass for that because he still has a pretty good squad around him, regardless of CP3 is there or not. I mean, like, if you take the – if you take – James Harden and put him on that Cavs squad. I mean, he'll get his like he'll be the volume shooter. He'll get his. Well, that team wouldn't win forty games, I don't think. All right. So, do we 
do we want to do predictions for the game tonight? I mean, by the time people listen to this, they will know exactly who won. So, so yeah, really want to look stupid. That's how we do it. Okay. Oh, we. I thought he wasn't, I mean, but there's nothing confirmed. That's probably my yet. first prediction of anything. So I mean, he, he has, could still potentially play. play. I would. Maybe he's not 100, percent but yeah. I w- I think he's going to play. It's the most important game of his career. It's the most important game of James Harden's career. I think they have to go all out. Yeah, exactly. The the last update is game time. I definitely think he does play. Too big of a moment for him. I think this injury is worse than people are making it seem. Like there, it, it yeah. really might be a thing where he can't. Well, I think I would. I would take like yeah. I would be able so, to apply I mean, that tonight yeah. if he just does not play. Because I would know that it, it has to be a situation where he just literally cannot play. Otherwise, so I mean, we'll see. I think the Warriors are winning either way. I think the Chris Paul has to play to have a chance, but I still think that the Warriors will pull it out. Uh, I want to I, I want to say that the Rockets will give them a run for their money for most of the the game, uh, but I'll say in the fourth quarter that uh, Steph Curry ends yeah, up showing I up. Believe. I won't say to have a chance because the Rockets they weren't this good last year, but they were comparably good with James Harden running the point. So, I I don't think it's out of the question that it's a competitive game. I mean, Chris Paul has to have, like, a miraculous game, I think. And everybody's just on fire for them to have a chance. Otherwise, I I think I give it to the Warriors both ways. If Klay Thompson is is cooking like he was game six, there's no possible way. That the that uh the Rockets win because it's hard. Oh, it takes us one clay quarter. Yeah, I was gonna say because it's already hard enough to deal with you know containing KD and Steph Curry, but if now you got to worry about Clay, it, it you can't like. That's why I'm, like when when those three show up together, there's nobody that can beat them in the NBA. But it's just a question of whether Clay can show up. It's, it's a question of whether all three of them show up in the same game. We yep. shall see. But we'll see. Gut feelings. Give me the Rockets. I mean, I want the Rockets to win. Like, there's no question that I would rather have the Rockets win. But. Before we move. I feel like. (laughs) Stu No, We started talking at the same time. That's not a Stu That's just bad. (laughs) I think it's real quick. Okay. Uh, I. It's, I think it will be harder to give James Harden a pass in the finals if they can't beat this Cavs team. Oh, ooh, without a doubt. Oh, they're going to get murdered for it. Yeah, but that's all I got. I was just going to say two very strong opinions that I've had develop over the past couple days. Um, first of all, Steph gets... I hate how much Steph gets passes when he has bad games. Because when he has good games, they say that he's the greatest shooter of all time. But when he has bad games, it's just that he's hurt. Well, he is the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. But I'm saying that 
one LeBron has a bad game, it's that he sucks. One Steph has a bad game, it's that he's hurt. That is something that people have been saying since, what, 2016 when they lost those finals? Which yeah. I do think in those finals is true. I don't think that Steph was anywhere close to 100%. I don't think he was 80% in that series. No, but this season which especially. Think, this season they've been saying it a lot. I think right now he looks like he's close to 100%, but I still see people saying when he has those games where he doesn't score like he usually does that he's hurt. Exactly, which, and uh, it, it, eh. it really annoys me that when LeBron has a bad game, it's always his fault. But when Steph has a bad game, it's because of things, quote-unquote, out of his control. Second point. Second point. I think that outside of end of the game, foul to, like, like intentional foul situations, wrap-up fouls or, like, around-the-shoulders fouls, like what Al Horford did on that. Or not Al Horford. It was uh, Marcus, Marcus Morris. Morris did on that. Late and one, those should every single time be an intentional foul. I really because you're not making a play on the ball. The fouling is a lot harder than I. Oh well, yeah, just grab his shoulders. Maybe I just didn't notice it as much as I needed to, but like people like Tatum was wrapping people up like every time down the court. Oh, I, I tweeted this out. Tatum was reaching all, all game, like he was straight up reaching fouls. Now, he was getting a lot of the benefit of the doubt for reaching fouls, but there were a couple of the, the fouls that he did get were after reaches, and at that point the rest were like, "This is getting, this is like, you can't Arguing not call like it something that egregious." Yeah, I can't wait to hate Jason Tatum. It's coming because he's he's best he's good. Be so fun. He's but good. He's really good. He is really good. <laughs> he's going to be only he would have been able very to have a successful for, team. I think for a long time. Lead so. college. I know, right? If only he played for... Like, how can the team with Jason Tatum not make the Final Four? I know, it's kind of crazy, right? Scar. I wonder what team that was. I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> what, uh... So, bah, wait. Bah, oh, one more, bah, one more opinion. Um, Marcus Smart is the worst flopper in the league. Um... I, I retweeted one one of his flops yesterday. That where, one where LeBron like, had the offensive foul. The one the where LeBron Aaron. had the offensive foul and he was literally a foot away from him. Where he did the, where he moved it, where he shifted the ball from left to right over his head while he was driving in the bubble of Marcus Smart and Smart grabbed his head and fell and they called an offensive foul and on the replay he wasn't even close to touching him. No response. Marcus Smart is one of those. He's low key gritty. Like you don't look at Marcus Smart. He's like, oh, he's a gritty he's not one. Quite yeah, scrappy. he's a gritty one. I don't like him. Like, like, like Andrew. He, he's a deli. <laughs> <laughs> he's deli, but people don't think of him as a deli. You know why? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, so. uh Celtics starting lineup next year should be Kyrie, uh, Gordon Hayward, um, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, and shoot. Marcus Morris. Really? You think they go that big? They can. Well, because, wait, this is not, not lose that much mobility because, um, 
Al Horford can still move. But does uh does Gordon Hayward play shooting guard or small forward? I would say small forward. I can't. Small forward. Small forward. So is Jason Tatum, I, isn't he? Yeah, he would be. Yeah, would but I feel like you can move him to the two if you need to. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. I was just no, wondering because I was like, team is I'm thinking of that lineup, and I was like, like Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, immediately next year. So, and honestly, a lot of credit to the Celtics and a lot of respect to the team for going taking the Cavaliers to the to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals without their two best players. And and just quickly before before we move off this topic, I am going to say that LeBron is. 100% leaving Cleveland after this yeah. year because there's no way he's putting up with this crap. <laughs> he does not want to keep like he does not want to keep playing 48 minutes a game just to win a game. So. How does he stay? Bet what? You think he's going to stay? I already have I money on him staying. I have five dollars on him staying. Aaron, I, I want you to put a well. Where is he going? No, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Hold on one second. I want you to put together a coherent argument that isn't just because I think so about why you think okay. LeBron is going to stay. Where is he leaving? What what team is a better situation that he can go to? Literally he can, anywhere. He, he, he can literally go to me? us and be in a situ- better situation. <laughs> the Cavs are the Cavs. Like it's a lot of these. <clears throat> Pick a team and I will give you a reason why it's a better situation than Cleveland. Give me Philly. Their best. Uh, uh, he can't play at the same time as Ben Simmons. Court and also, there's no Dan Gilbert. <laughs> he cannot pl- step on the court at the same time as Ben Simmons. Why? They they play the exact same role, except Ben Simmons is worse. Then trade Ben Simmons to get LeBron there. <laughs> and you still have a great team. A young team, too. One and you can get value out of that, probably. Yep. Where else? Give me a give me a place, Aaron. Come on. L.A. Uh, I wouldn't say that he would go to L.A., but I mean, I can. I mean, if if they pull another superstar into L.A., I could see why he would go there, but not if it was just LeBron going to L.A. Because those also, are the only no two teams. Those are the only two places that have like real rumors, other than Houston, and Houston would have to murder their team to have it happen. But, you th- but why would he stay in Cleveland? Well, I'm saying that Houston isn't a viable option because of the, cause their cap I, situation I, is so terrible. I didn't yeah. ask you why I he would go to Houston. I think that's the biggest thing. I'm saying, why is he staying in Cleveland? What reason does he have to stay in Cleveland? Why is he going to stay with this team in Cleveland? Because we've seen in the past that he'll make it work. Wherever he goes, the front office will make it work. Also, I'm sure I he, think. Uh, I mean, I'm saying I'm sure. I'm sure he would stay if it wasn't complete and utter garbage. Dump a lot of these salaries and try to get another big person. I mean, it also depends on who they can get in the draft. Uh, but at this point, like with this team, like you said, he's, he's having to play 45, 48 minutes a game just to squeak out a win most of the time. Not most of the time in the playoffs, and he plays that many minutes in the playoffs most every season. But if he doesn't, why does he have if he to doesn't, do, like, they get, yeah, he they can't get keep that up. Like, not saying he can't keep that up. I'm sure he could. He has to do that to the win. 
I'm sure he yeah, could. Yeah, but keep... that's, that's, not, that's not unique to this team. That's not unique to this season. I'm pulling up his stat line. Also, his, his career Chris Paul is right an unrestricted free agent. Sorry, what did you say? I can't hear you. Chris Paul is an unrestricted free agent. DeMarcus Cousins is an unrestricted free agent. Hey, Boogie is free ours. Uh, so is DeAndre Jordan. Stay away There's from some Boogie. big names out there. But, like, is one is one big player into Cleveland good enough for him to stay? LeBron is playing less minutes per game in the playoffs this year than he was in his first three seasons in Miami. But that's very or different. Or any season before look at that. Who was on that Miami team versus what's on he's the only team. Played, he's only played... But he, he, he had to play 42, 44 minutes a game to squeak out a win. That's the argument you're making. I'm saying that's not a valid argument because that's not unique to this season. That's something that LeBron does in the playoffs because he's such a good player and he can do it that it makes sense to keep him on the court for 44 minutes a game. Right, he's on the court He was before. also in his 20s back then. He's in his 20s, and he's, he's also not, doesn't have to carry the entire... When I say the entire team, the entire team on his back. He at least had some something to alleviate his... Some, some, some people to help alleviate that with Chris Bosh and, uh, and, and Dwayne Wade. And he had decent role players in Miami as yeah. well. With See, Mario that's Chalmers with Miami, and, uh, yes, and, uh, they kept Ray him Allen on because he's LeBron like. James, and that was his prime. But now he, if he doesn't, they lose. Whereas they could have taken him off in Miami, they would have still won. Yeah. We need to move on. <laughs> I'm just saying he's gone. So I'm saying he's not. Aaron, it looks like you have a baseball corner. Yeah. Um, one sec, I need to pull it up. So, uh, well, I even wrote, uh, as the first thing, because I don't really know what to talk about this week. Uh, the tribe bullpen is bad, but we came back from down five in the ninth inning yesterday. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Michael Brantley's really good. And like I said last week, Jesus Aguilar is really good. This week he had seven hits, two homers, and ten runs batted in. So please, if he's a free agent, pick him up for your fantasy team because he's been really, really good this season. As always, tragedy strikes the Braves. Uh, also, baseball. Did you see that Acuna got out? He's fine. They said that his MRI came up clear. He's day to day. I'm saying day to day, I'm just saying oh, this kind of stuff always happens to the Braves. Well, you're saying like always happens to the Braves as if his career is over. He's out but look two at to all three the days. Injuries in the past where it's been day to day and things like that. It's always happened. You don't trust Atlanta sports. Don't trust Atlanta sports. Nope. Um. Also, congrats to the Diamond Heels. Uh, we are hosting a regional in Chapel Hill, number six seed in the country. Oh, boy. Let's see how we blow it this time. Yeah, I was about to say. Hey, let's, <laughs> let's see how we, uh, we, we uh, mess this tournament was abysmal. It was better after we lost the pit, but the problem is we lost the pit. Yep. To be fair, they did play over their heads, but... Still, we still lost a bit. 
Yeah. But we'll see how they do. We'll keep giving updates on them as the postseason goes on. But here's hoping yep. that we can bring home another Carolina championship. We can't get enough. All right, so let's move on to a segment I am now calling, last week I call it Power, let's call it the Content Corner, since that one's not already owned by anybody, or if it is, it's too generic for them to claim it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what, if to anything new, are we playing, watching, reading, stuff like that this week? You want to start off, Colby? I can start it off, yeah. Uh, before I start recording, I started Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um... Gonna check it out. I swear y'all are gassing it up so much, y'all being the general public, that if this is not as funny as, like, The Office or Parks and Rec, I'm gonna be very upset. Um, but I'll check it out, see how it goes. Uh, reading, I finished Order of the Phoenix. I am now on to the Half-Blood Prince. I'm excited. It's a shorter book. <laughs> which will make it a lot easier to get through. But yeah, should be cool. Playing, I am... Still working on Assassin's Creed. I'm probably going to get um the Spyro. Okay. Hey, Spyro hey, hey, the Jack and Daxter. Oh, either one of them. Yeah. I don't think Spyro's out yet, but I'm I think I might get the Jack and Daxter um remaster soon. Well, good segue because I am currently playing through the Jack and Daxter remaster. Um I just finished the first game and so now I'm on Jack 2. Um and so that's been fun. Uh reading uh, I think last time I said I was reading the Divine Comedy, that or the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. It was I, I, I'm still reading through the Divine Comedy, but I, I'm also trying to pick up the Odyssey, which I sound like a pretentious, like like a real like a really pretentious like alumni slash college student, or whatever. But um, I really enjoy it. And um, what is it? Uh, what's the last one? Watching. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna try and watch through uh, Riverdale season, season. two because it's now on Netflix. Me and Aaron always. Oh yeah, I gotta do that. I gotta finish it later too. I heard it was a lot better binge watching it than it was watching it week by week, which makes sense because there were a lot of anticlimactic episodes in the season, and when you can just click play on the next episode immediately, that's not as big of a deal than if you have to wait three weeks because of the Olympics. They had like several intermissions. Oh yikes! Yeah, that random spots. Yep. Oh, I'm almost done with, um, I'm almost done catching up with The Flash this season, uh, which is better than last season, but I don't think anything's going to top, I think, season two, I think, was their best season. But we'll see. It's an interesting villain this time around. Um, I'm excited to see how they, how they finish the season out. You or me, Aaron? Liddy. Okay. Who next? Uh, should right be now, a Maverick I am, if we're I going mean, currently, I am in order. Star Wars: A New Hope on TNT. Is that? Did you pop in a DVD, or is this? Are you watching this too, Colby? Are you? Did you pop in a DVD for New Hope, or are you Wait, watching what? on TV? Yeah, that's what I'm here. No, I I'm watching Star on Wars TNT. I'll take any opportunity to watch Star Wars. We'll get into that later. Let's see. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they are currently in the trash compactor. Finished Far Cry Five. Pretty good game. I recommend it. I was telling before it kind of mixes a lot of elements. I mean, it's Ubisoft. It has a lot of Assassin's Creed elements to it. I would even say it has some Fallout elements as well. Uh, even like the open world uh, element of like GTA, where you can just do and kind of like raise hell and 
do whatever you want. Yeah, uh, no more you have radio to climb towers. Everything. Was a, like, there's like one or two missions where you no more radio towers. Wow. Specifically, like mentioned in the game, they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to make you climb towers in Hope County, which is where the game takes place." Because I heard that was a thing with earlier games where you had to <laughs> climb these towers, and it's very repetitive. So yeah, that that was one of the things. It was so many reading, towers. Still reading job applications though. Uh, is you it like synchronizing? In I would Assassin's say like Creed? the stealthy aspect of it. Uh, you, the idea of the repetitive nature. of You go to this region. There's a boss here. You have to do the missions to to uh, to bring out the boss, and then you go beat him. So wait, how do you, uh, well, I, I've never played it, but, like, how do you unlock new sections of the map? Because the way it was in the older games was so, you have the radio towers, and that unlocks a, a new part of them, or, like, that's opens up a new so part of the map, which is, like, how Assassin's Creed was. You start out in the of Hope County, so uh, where, where this cult's, like, main compound is, is the very center of the county, and you go to this island that's next to it where uh, this resistance leader uh, is holed up, and he actually takes you under his wing. And so you can actually go anywhere after that original like tutorial, it's basically the tutorial part where you can do, learn the basic stuff on that island, and then you can go anywhere. So there's three sections of Hope County, Montana that you're at, and you can start in either one of them. So they make sure that there's not really important things that happen in either one, where you have to do it in a specific order. I think I like the order of mine, where and each boss, of, like Assassin's Creed, has like a different thing that they control. Like, one of them uh, is, like, the distributor of soldiers and equipment and material. One of them trains the soldiers or the cultists how to fight. And then one of them is the manufacturer of this drug that kind of makes people go really crazy. And you got to mess up their operations. So you, can, so you can sort of do your own thing. Interesting. Well, no, I highly recommend it. Aaron? Um, right before we recorded, I watched the end of a replay of the Cavs game from last <sighs> night. <laughs> I am still reading. I read one more chapter of that Percy Jackson book. It's still interesting. I just need to get some momentum going. And I am still playing Starbound. I am about to hit 100 hours. Cool. Yeah. So, Mav and I went to the movies separately to see Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, this is going to be a spoiler-free, mostly just like reactions and feelings, not really getting like super into the plot. Um, okay, so, but Matt, uh, go ahead. I went. I got the early showing at seven thirty the Thursday before it came out. I uh, really enjoyed it. Had a good time. It was really fun. I I've followed a lot of the premiere reviews of it, where people would, the common term used was just that it was a fun movie, and I definitely caught that. Where I just had a really great time with it, and that it. It really didn't take itself that seriously like other Star Wars films did, um, where it's just supposed to be an action-packed adventure where you just kind of sit back and let everything happen. 
the first time, like, I didn't really feel uh, the fatigue that I did going in for a second viewing the next morning. Literally, like, 12 hours later, I went back for a second viewing. And I definitely felt, like, some fatigue in different parts, especially in the first act of the movie. Uh, but ultimately, I really love the story, like, and we'll get into it later, so, but I just enjoyed the movie overall. I liked it. I didn't like it a lot. Um, it was... Hold on. Let me pull up my what I sent Maverick. There's some plot stuff in it, but it was a good place for me to get, like, all of my thoughts out. We talked, we texted a little bit about it. Um, there were some things that kind of broke my focus in the movie. Um things that I don't think were necessary. Okay, I think, for me, the things that I didn't like were the fan service things. The things were like, oh, if you have read, if you've seen season four, episode two of Rebels, then you'll get this reference. Um, or even just, like, little things that are in, like, the, the main yeah. movie series. I didn't like that much. I really think the movie was at its best when it was doing its own thing. Um... I was listening to Only Stupid Answers, a movie podcast from Sam Basher, um, DJ Woldridge, and Maude Garrett was on this episode. And they said it kind of felt like a checklist, which I agree with. It's like, here's how... These aren't spoilers, because we know, like, it's a prequel. You know what happens. Uh, Han meets Chewie. Uh, we learn how Han Solo gets his name. We see where Han gets his blaster. We see the game where Han wins the Millennium Falcon. It felt like a checklist. It didn't feel like a natural movie. And that's the problem with prequels, I feel like. If, you, if you're going to make a movie like this, the story has to be really good. And I think the story was fine. But I, I just really couldn't get into the movie. I thought the acting was fine. The directing was fine. The editing was pretty good. I don't like. I didn't like the action editing that much. But it was a uh, perfectly I, I fine like, summer movie. I think the biggest thing with me is, like, especially with all the controversy surrounding this movie, with the director changes and the reshoots and all that, I, I think I really tempered my expectations more than any other Star Wars movie going in. I definitely think that helped me enjoy it a lot better than I did because it ended up not being just a dumpster fire like it was being made out to be uh, and I definitely think that helps and I think that's something that should go for it really just especially for these anthology films and the Star Wars stories is that they should not hold the same kind of expectations as the saga films I mean you may disagree with that that it's still a Star Wars branch it needs to be a good product every single time but for something like this, I don't think it has to be a masterpiece in order to be a good movie. Or that it... Or go ahead. Or I, that you, it doesn't need to ahead. be like this no, perfect movie that has <laughs> perfect plot points and everything. Because it definitely wasn't a perfect movie. I mean, my biggest criticisms where it kind of suffers from the Rogue One system, uh, syndrome where in these things where they're trying to introduce new things, they still don't really delve into a lot of character development with certain characters in the story. And I don't want to get too much into that. Uh, but like in Rogue One, where we really couldn't connect with these characters a lot, despite their importance to the story. 
Uh, I think there was a similar situation there. Um, well, with some other things. Uh, also, things were predictable. There were certain things, uh, which kind of was a bummer. Very because it, But there were also some pleasant twists. Uh, Infus Nest is uh, the villain of this movie, uh, who is, you'll learn it to be a pirate. I don't think that's too much of a spoiler. They're a pirate. Uh, like, they're a smug. No. The first time you see, and so, the first time you see them, uh, you're like, but I "Oh think, yeah, that's a pirate." So, me personally, I really enjoyed <laughs> oh, yeah. being added to the Star Wars universe. I really enjoyed the character. I almost wish they included more. It's like the Darth Vader thing, where they were a good character, they just did not get a lot of screen time. Uh, the movie should have yeah. been about Infinite so It would have been really so been much more entertaining. Out of the character, uh, definitely some surprise there. I had one moment that. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where my jaw literally dropped. And that goes into your conversation about the fan service, because arguably this movie did more fan service than I think any other Star Wars movie ever has. Where it, in, yeah, we're engaged with maybe more than Rogue One beyond the saga films. Uh, and like I said, somebody said that this. They said that this movie was more like one yeah. of the extended universe it. novels so think, than any of the I other movies that they've made. Really, really enjoy this, and I think that it needs to be more in Star Wars where they make these little connections. Because at, at the bottom line, for a casual Star Wars fan that just doesn't know about it, uh, when a certain person gets name or a location, it's it's nothing. But for the fan that has invested in all these different canon stories, like uh, the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels. I've been able to read the novels that are coming out. It's a, it's a big payoff for those kind of Star Wars fans, being able to hear those things. And a lot of the fan servicey things, in my opinion, it was there were just mentions of things, and that it really didn't affect the story as much. But it was something where it it's just a subtle connection that helps tie the whole universe together. Yeah. There's I really need y'all two to see this movie so we can dive into spoilers next week. Good. Um, well, but I'm, I'm going to see it later today. So I'll do the best that I can. Also, moving back to baseball for a second, Acuna's on the 10 day DL, so I will concede. <laughs> I will concede that that I will concede that point. But no, and so oh my god, I think I might get it. <laughs> we are 10 minutes removed from baseball. Well, I just got an alert, but I didn't want to interrupt. We can talk about this. Here. So you're welcome. Well so about. Uh, this new contingent of boycott solo people on social media. Hold on, one, one more thing before we move on to that. Um, actually, no, I'll, I'll do it after. Let's let's finish talking about. Have y'all heard about this? Are y'all aware of this? After, just don't let me forget. Okay, I'll go and I'll delve into you are it the for one y'all who and me to this. Everybody, yeah, same. Uh, so basically, so the last Jedi undoubtedly is probably one of the most polarizing Star Wars films uh, of the entire series and that it really split the fan base to the core in terms of the things they introduced uh, things they elected to do or lack thereof uh, and it really enraged a lot of fans and so after that movie there was a large group of people on social media that were saying that they were they're stopping watching uh, any Star Wars films until the management of Lucasfilm is changed and that they start making better Star Wars movies. Uh, 
and a lot of, and partial of that is now bled over into the solo movie where they're actively boycotting the solo movie uh, in order to get a reaction and so that they can uh, the main person they're targeting is Kathleen Kennedy who's the head of Lucasfilm at this point uh, and things like that and she's one of the main targets Pablo Hidalgo who is also a member of Lucasfilm had just wiped his Twitter clean because he had actually went on a small rant against these kind of fans and stuff and started calling them out, but he ended up wiping his whole Twitter because of them. Uh, so I, it's definitely made social media and YouTube and stuff very toxic, according to Star Wars, in my opinion. I just think it's interesting how Kevin Feige of Marvels and Kathleen Kennedy are kind of getting, like, the same um the same criticisms for their movies but one seems a lot more hostile than the other i just think it's interesting how you, that is that... kobe kobe you know why <laughs> you know why <laughs> you know this that kathleen kennedy is getting the brunt of this where kevin feige is kind of letting it and it, it, i think a lot of it goes know, to, i just think it's interesting in my opinion how I see it, it's like a lot of these fans <laughs> it's they're just angry that they didn't get what they want in these star wars films and then i think if if Ryan Johnson would admit it or not, that he I think he did go almost the opposite direct, direction of what was expected of him in some of the choices he made in The Last Jedi. And I think that really rubbed a lot of the fan base in a wrong way. Uh, and to yes. bring it back to what I was going to say, that's more of what I want. I feel like... I feel like Solo goes back to really playing it safe with the Star Wars series. I want to see, I want them to be adventurous. I want them to introduce new things, not call back to things that were done in a TV show or in a book. I want to learn about the Black Saber. I want to learn about all these different worlds, um, all these different worlds that we can join in. We have an entire universe to play in. And I want to see more of that instead of, more offshoots of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Like, I, when I saw The Last Jedi, I thought it was really a great movie. And, and I still think it's a great movie. Uh, as I sit on it longer, I realize I don't agree with all of the decisions that Ryan Johnson made. But at the same time, I don't have to. Like, there's, like, I still enjoy the movie. And even though I would do things differently, that doesn't take away from the enjoyment that I had for the movie or the series as a whole. So I don't like I, I genuinely do not understand where all this hostility is, is coming you can from. Be with all disappointed these, in a Star Wars film. You can not like it. But what something that I don't think that you should be able to do is telling other people that they should not like it because you did. it, And that you should act that you should stop watching Star Wars films because they want you to. Like, I don't think that's right. And so, yeah. Yeah, you see how Mav and I had a perfectly civil conversation about a movie that he liked more than I did? We are civilized people <laughs> around here. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so easy to, it's to like, just, let somebody like that's something. What's, it's just that's a what movie, man. It's just a movie. And just enjoy these adventures. And that's something that I've really embraced going into the solo film. Is that, yes, it, I, I, I would. Without spoiling anything, I think it's a very safe story that it didn't. There, di they definitely did introduce some things, but it was a very safe story. And you know what? Just embrace it. Just go sit down and enjoy the movie because it's Star Wars. 
and that's what it's all about. And if you stop, if you're already going into the theater with these bad expectations and that you're already like your mind is soured based off of things you've heard or all this controversy, then I, I think you're already setting yourself up to be disappointed for these kind of films. And so I, I think we just need to stop taking Star Wars so seriously at times. It's Star Wars. It's supposed to be Agreed. fun. Mm-hmm. It's all laser swords. <laughs> we're talking about movies with laser swords. Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> this is what we're getting all worked up about. Well, it's not even us that's getting worked up. It's the people, it's yeah. all these people that are, you know, going on boycotts and, and, and you know. But no, I think something briefly to talk yeah, about is like, that, indeed, Solo has struggled in the box office. They only came out with $86 million. Which I would love to make eighty six million dollars in three days, uh, in their three day opening weekend box office, uh, and so that has apparently fueled the fire to this boycott uh, contingent because they are claiming that they are the cause of it all, that they're working. Uh, so before before uh, I, I, Colby, you seem like you're going to say something. Oh, I was just saying, um, Solo did still win um, the box office uh, with the $84 million. Um, However, like it was expected really to get $130 out, million. So, so there's a lot of discrepancy in the uh, estimation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I was going to say was that I don't like this. I don't, this isn't a hot take or anything, but like I don't think that it's because of the boycotts. I, I think it's the fact that nobody was particularly interested in I having. Like I don't think anybody wanted this movie. Nobody was like, I want. I don't want a solo movie. Like nobody was like, ah, yes, like I need a, I a Han Solo it, movie. Like nobody was clamoring twice, for it. It's not like I mean, you know. It it, yeah. Needed. I think a lot of people want us to go into these new adventures and go into new parts of the galaxy, which is what we're going to get with the Ryan Johnson trilogy, the Benioff and Weiss trilogy that's coming up, the John Favreau uh, TV series that's coming out. Have you all heard about that? John Favreau is the one. Yeah, but before we we move off Solo, though, but I wanted to say that I think I don't think they've marketed it very well. I think the production was hell. Uh, I mean, like, if you kept up with all those production stories, uh, you know, changing directors, uh, the guy that played Han needing to get acting lessons, just, like, all these, like, little things that just kind of added to the fire of just, like, this might be a train wreck. And so, you know, that on added on top of the fact that nobody particularly wanted this movie uh, was just kind of the perfect storm for why I think it's not making as much money as they projected. I think they were a little bit blind to that. To the fact that they nobody see, particularly I think, wanted I movie, and they were just like, that. ah, we need but to make money. Because the, I mean, Alden Ironrack, who played Han Solo, is signed on for two more movies. Whether he's a, the star of those movies or a side role, uh, perfect. I mean, at this point, though, I want to see what happens, perfect. especially because of this one moment that I told y'all about. The moment that I keep talking about, like it definitely opens up things, and it opens up the story in the future. Now I want to see it. But I definitely feel that way about the new movies. But we can talk about that next week. (laughs) All right. Let's get some Twitter questions. I thought that was a very good conversation. I feel good about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> there is a lot to talk about, and I have a lot of complaints that <laughs> Matt has already heard, but <laughs> it'll be fun. All right. So, first question from Michael Coe at Michael Coe 1995. Uh, what has made the NBA great again? First off, is the NBA great again? Yeah, when was it not? Yeah, I think this. This. Well, there were a couple seasons that it was a little bit eh. Like, I this this season is the most I've cared about the regular season in a while. Like, it just felt like this year was more fun. Like, I cared more. Like, I went out of my way to watch more NBA games this season. And I, that just may have just been me, but I feel like that was the case for a lot of people because a lot of people on Twitter are just like, wow, this NBA season was fantastic. And I'm just trying to pin down it's, the reason. Same with me. I feel like if we on Thursday end up watching a, a Cavs-Warriors um, finals again, I feel like if you would have said at the beginning of the season, people wouldn't have watched. But this season has been so fun it makes people interested in another Cavs Warriors finals. Like when you add a per, like people like, you know, even though he's a rookie, like Jason Tatum, like you add people like the drama of Kyrie Irving going to the Celtics, you add the Sixers, like Ben Simmons and, and, and Joel Embiid, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma in the West was a big, uh, you know, we thought Lonzo Ball was going to be the guy in there, but Kyle Kuzma showed up and, you know, you have the whole, uh, ball family drama that as as you know love them or hate them i mean they bring clicks you know they they they're you know whether you hate uh um i see i already forgot his name because i haven't thought about him much what's his name what's the dad's name lavar ball yeah yeah yeah, lavar ball whether you like him or hate him like he's good at, at marketing his children uh I mean, you got the Rockets, who had the best record in the NBA uh, this season. Um, uh, the whole Kawhi thing. Uh, what else? I'm, I'm trying to think of storylines from this year that were uh, particularly the interesting. Fight. <laughs> the tunnel fight. Yes. The tunnel fight. The clips. You want to go fight the tunnel? The clips yeah, and the Rockets. Go. Yo. And, uh... <laughs> Game of Zones was also fantastic this year. I don't know if any of y'all keep up with Game of Zones uh, by Beecher Report, but it's also – it's so Mine funny. Mine personally might be like an abstract thing. Oh, are you I think – I think mine's a little abstract. I think that – Go for it. Personally, the NBA – I was just going to The brand it. of the league and not only the league but the players itself has never been greater. And I, I definitely think that's why the NBA is the greatest league in that these players get to make their own brand. And I think they're the most visible athletes in the country among all the major sports. And they really get to develop that brand and be visible, like I said. Uh, and I think that's why, personally, the league is great. Because you see one player in like all these different commercials. you got Harden and CP3 in the, uh, the State Farm commercials. You have LeBron reprising his Sprite commercials. Uh, Shaq is doing Buick and Gold Bond and like you, this players like past, present, uh, and even future in some cases are all being so visible. Uh, and I think that's what helps. And I think because of that, I think what you just said, Mav, is the baseline. I think because of that, 
when you have things like the tunnel fight, you're like, oh my god, my best friend Chris Paul's in a tight fight in the tunnel. Um, which just makes yeah. all these things so much better because we know who these people are or who they present themselves to be, rather. But you know, you know what I mean. Aaron, what's your what's your take on it? No, I actually genuinely don't. LeBron James. But why is that the reason that it's greater this year? I think Joel Embiid has added so much to the NBA through both social media and through actual basketball. Wow. My your opinions couldn't I thought your opinions couldn't get more wrong, but <laughs> here we are. You don't like I I'm pretty sure every NBA player is cocky in some way. Because you can't survive in the NBA if you're you can't take the shots that you t- that some of these people take without being a little bit cocky. No, I just think he's personable and charismatic and likes to talk, which is fine. I don't like people to be robots. Not everyone can be zero dark thirty. No, what is it? Zero dark twenty three. What is it? Whenever LeBron... Oh, whenever he goes dark for the playoffs, I hate that. It's so dumb. It's, it's, a, and there's no it's point. the most dad thing. What's our next one? <laughs> so. All right, next question. Uh, From At Life is Annabelle, NFL Madness. I assume she wants Uh-oh. us to talk about, like, the National Anthem stuff. Bro, we are at... Hold on. What's We are at currently an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know if we can I get know. it. I don't know. Wait, what'd you say? Oh boy. Oh boy. Should we should we pause ours? Alright, well I guess he can't hear Aaron, but he's having technical difficulties. But he hasn't been talking much lately anyway. Nah, so he was fine. Yeah, he was uh pretty <laughs> quiet for a little bit. <laughs> um, he said he didn't want to interrupt. Uh, so we might. I mean, do y'all want to save it for next right, week? I'm back recording. Uh, so you lost me. You lost me around when I said that Acuna is on the DL. Oh, okay, it hasn't been that long then. So and like, I don't think you said yeah. much between. Yeah, I just said that LeBron is the reason. Uh. I think we should save the anthem stuff for next week. That can be our just because off. we're uh, we're running short on time right now. Okay. Cuz you could t- we could do a whole 30 45 minute section on anthem stuff probably if we wanted to, but Oh, I could. Yeah. I have lots to take. So we'll save that one. Um 
Well, no, then last question from, fine. unless y'all see another one on Twitter that you want to answer, from at Annie underscore Rindle, what's the best or worst job you've ever had? Yeah, I haven't had a bad job. I don't think I've ever had a bad job, honestly. Uh, I've yeah, had, I haven't. I've had one really bad just job. Just like any of the jobs that I've had. Hold on. My best uh, job, uh, though. Let me expand on that in one second. Being an orientation leader, was being, was, and that's why I talk about it so much. It's just I really enjoyed that experience, like getting to see so many people and going through that process. Uh, also getting B. Luke's orientation leader, proud moment. Uh, but it was just a lot of fun for me being able to do that. Um, so I've had one bad job. I, I, so I took this job. Uh, because I needed a summer job, um, and I didn't know what it was. Uh, one of my friends recommended it to me. Um, How old were you? I was seventeen or eighteen or something, I think. Um, and you'll you might know what I'm talking about in like two seconds. Is it Vector? Yes, it is Vector <laughs> Marketing. Vector Marketing. The multi-level marketing. Cutco Cutco products. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's a reverse funnel. I, 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 I did, uh, and I didn't do the, I didn't do the selling part. I didn't do the, uh, the uh, selling knives part. Uh, I did the. Uh, uh, my friend was a secretary, so they were in charge of calling people to set up interviews to be salesmen. Um, I had the job for one day. Uh, I, I went through training. I did a day of of, call, of cold calling. And um, it felt so wrong and disingenuous that I quit the day after because uh, it was so misleading and, and just I just felt dirty after doing it. So I was like, I, I don't want to keep you in this job. So I, I quit the day after my first day. Okay, but those Cutco <laughs> knives are honestly like quality knives. No, that's great. No, I'm sure that it's very quality. But the way that they go about their business is so disingenuous. And uh, it's and so deceptive. Predatory. It's extremely predatory. <laughs> like last month on Facebook, I saw someone that went to my high school got promoted to a manager job for Cutco, and I feel so bad for them. Yeah, it's 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 honestly just like I like I I still have the script for uh for calls, and I look at that thing. Can you take us through a call? Huh? Can you do a mock phone call? Oh, I'd, ha- with us on I'd here? have to. I'd have to uh, to go find it, but I know that it's it's somewhere in my room. But uh, just a lot of uh, evasive language. I'll leave it at that. It's not lying, but it's definitely evading the truth <laughs> in some of those calls. I'm not calling you a liar, but I ain't calling you a truther. Exactly. So that was my worst job that I've had. Yeah. No. Don't do it, dude. It's so. It's I not got worth called it. by them. Many and, times and, I got letter mail from and that's, them, and that's the other thing, like, because you have to put down, like, to get to be a salesperson, you have to put like what, like, twenty five, fifty people from your contacts down to like get the job, so that other people, like me, from what I job, like my job, what I had to do to call them, uh, just cold calling people, be like, hey, do you want a job? Like, it just felt weird, just being a cold caller. Yeah. I'm now watching Lilo. Hey, they're about to attack Death Star. Star. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
the Death Star Spoiler blows up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sue me. Are we, uh... I think my best job... <laughs> your best job? My best job, I'll do this quickly, is probably being an RA, just for everything I got out of it. Friends, work experience, all that. It was a great job, so I'll just keep it short and sweet like that. Liddy. But also working at the ACC was very fun. Aaron? Um, I don't know. I've liked most of the jobs that I've worked. Caddying has been my summer job for a while, since, like, the beginning of high school. And it's an enjoyable job because I show up when I want and I make good money, but it's also super tiring. But it, I really like it because I love golf, so I basically get paid to watch golf and walk around outside. Very good. All right, let's catch up real quick. What have y'all been up to? Oh, wait, hold on. Before we, before we move on to that, uh, Megan Abernathy said that it's her birthday today. Happy birthday. Hi, Megan. So happy, happy birthday, Megan. Happy birthday, Megan. I think she's happy in... Birthday. Hey, Maddie. She's in Greece. She's, she's in, in Athens. Yeah, she's in Athens right now, right? Yeah. Have fun in Athens. <laughs> Don't get sunburned. All right, now, what have y'all been up to? Still applying. Applying for jobs. Get jobs. You need experience. But to get more experience, I need a job. Still I have well, one more week until class. Until I have one more week until my physics class starts. So I'm taking my last week of freedom and no responsibility and sleeping. I went on a cruise last week. Ooh, how was it? Yeah. It was fun. It was uh, me, Carla, and my family. It was a good time. Wow. Uh, went to Nassau, uh, Coco Cay, which is Royal Caribbean's like private island, Key West. It was a good time. I think I'm doing that exact. I think I'm doing that exact same cruise in early July. Have fun. It's a good time. Thank you. On Enchantment of the Seas. I think that's it. Yes. If you What's see Bobby, Bobby, Bobby is the cruise director. Okay. He'll be on the loudspeaker all the time. Go to a show. If he normally walks around the balcony at the end, tell him Colby said hi. Okay, all right. <laughs> Bobby and I are tight now. <laughs> Bobby and I are tight. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I got you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, while I was on the cruise, I won music trivia. So that's our weekly trivia. Op- um, <laughs> I won. I'm showing the the people on the on the google hangout my medal that i won from the cruise is like real metal hey that's here. legit Ooh, hey that's legit <laughs> yeah it was michael jackson trivia i got 18 out of 19 or my team got 18 out of 19 what was your team name uh annie is not okay ha <laughs> <laughs> very nice that's funny but that's all i got i'm good Alright, so if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. Leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. Please do that. We haven't gotten any reviews since October, and that makes it really sad. So please, leave us a review on iTunes. You can leave another one now. You can leave one every six months. So do that. Um, anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you, Jake, for our wonderful theme music, and we will talk to you when the NBA Finals have started. When the Cavs will be up at least one nothing. I I don't know the schedule offhand. Bye. Bye. Bye.